You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Michael O'Leary with us around the table to Ryan Air CEO. Michael, I wish people could see your face as Ed Bastian was speaking, just to get some reaction. It's good to see you. Good morning. It's great to be here, John, Lisa. Good to talk to you again. Well, thank you, buddy. You've had earnings out this morning. We've been talking about this dividend of 400 million euros. We've got to talk about this relationship with Boeing. I want to share a couple of quotes with you yep. and then try and get some clarity. So you said in the last week, if anything, it's getting worse. I would have been reasonably confident up until about a month ago that we'd get 57 aircraft by the end of June. I'm not confident. We heard from your CFO this this morning said the worst case scenario is that we'll end up with growth of 47 aircraft next summer instead of 57. Help me understand where things are. What did you want and what do you think you're going to get? Yeah, I mean, in our case, Boeing are contracted to deliver us 57 aircraft by the end of April 24. In other words, 57 additional aircraft for summer 24. At the moment, that has slipped by the spirit production issues in Wichita, Boeing's own production issues in Seattle. Uh, I think now it looks like we'll get, they'll leave us maybe 10 short by about the end of June. We're Hopefully we get 45, 50 aircraft by the end of June. We said to Boeing, we're not taking planes in July and August because, frankly, we're too busy. Um, but we're reasonably hopeful that we'll get 45, 50 aircraft from. They will leave us short. I think that's inevitable at this point in time, uh, which means we'll have slightly slower growth next summer. But we'll still add 45 aircraft. It'll still be enough to enable us to grow traffic from 183 million passengers this year to just over 200 million passengers Is there a year. number you have in mind whereby you would have to cut capacity for next summer? There isn't. I mean, we haven't yet announced what the capacity will be next summer. As we said this morning, we have 90% of our summer 24 capacity already on sale, strong forward bookings, good pricing. But we can't commit to the last 10% until we get a better picture from Boeing. I speak weekly with Dave Calhoun. I think he's doing a good job in difficult circumstances. I have less faith in the management in Seattle. Uh, but I think, you know, we're working closely with them. We have our own people in Seattle. We have our own people in Spirit and Wichita. And anything we can do to expedite these deliveries will do because growth is so strong in Europe. What is it about the management in Seattle? What are they getting wrong? Ah, I think there isn't enough focus there on a daily basis. Of how do we get with these aircraft out? Everybody is kind of wringing their hands, blaming Wichita. You know, a lot of the issues are in Seattle as well. They need a more crisis. I would like to see greater crisis management in Seattle um, and greater focus on quality control. Uh, if you, you know, I don't understand how Wichita, Spirit and Wichita are able to have this succession of, man of, of production problems if Boeing's quality control was up to speed. Do you have options? Options in terms of? 
what do you do if you don't want to work with Boeing anymore? Uh, no, no, no. Let's say we want to work with Boeing. We're Boeing's biggest customer by a mile in Europe. Uh, we're a committed Boeing customer. Now, I would buy Airbus aircraft if they were 5% cheaper per seat than Boeing. But Boeing continued to beat Airbus on pricing. The 737 MAX is a phenomenal aircraft. Like we've, we now, this summer, we've flown 125 of the MAX 8 aircraft. We're carrying 4% more passengers, but burning 16% less fuel. You know, they're transformative in terms of the engine and aircraft efficiency. We've ordered 300 MAX 10s, which will allow us to carry 228 pa- passengers per flight and burn 20% less fuel. So they're making great aircraft. It's just they're not making them on time or delivering them in time. Is it fair to say, though, this is a relationship you're stuck with regardless of what it delivers next year? I mean, yes. You know, we're committed to Boeing. If you look around the world, the aircraft manufacturers, I mean, Airbus are no better than Boeing at the moment. Airbus are way behind on their deliveries, too. You have the Pratt & Whitney engine, which is going to be a real crisis next summer, across the A320 fleet in Europe. You know, the Pratt & Whitney engine is going to ground a significant number of Airbus aircraft next summer. So all of the aircraft manufacturers are challenged. We're a very proud Boeing customer. I think Boeing will get its act together. It's just taking a bit longer than we had originally hoped. In the meantime, how far can you jack up prices if capacity is constrained? I mean, I think that the real issue for Elise is not how much will we jack up prices, how much will Lufthansa, Air France, IAG or BA keep jacking up prices? And the answer is a lot. You know, uh, Eurocontrol estimate this summer, Europe's operated about 94% of pre-COVID capacity. That includes us growing by 25%. So take Ryanair away, Europe's still at less than 90% of pre-COVID capacity. That's not changing next year. The aircraft manufacturers are delivering aircraft late. The Pratt & Whitney's will mean 5 10% of the Airbus fleet will be grounded. And consolidation. Lufthansa will buy Alitalia, somebody else will buy TAP, and there'll be even less capacity on offer. Okay, so this is good news for you because you don't have to uh, really have to try too hard to be the lowest cost aircraft while still raising prices. How much are you going to raise prices next year? We're price passive, load factor active. I think what's happening is how much, if Lufthansa, Air France, KLM will drive up fares, I I think by a double digit number next year, it'll send even more people in the direction of Ryanair. People want to keep flying, families want to go on holidays, they just don't want to pay Lufthansa's outrageous prices. So I think fares that next year, I mean, my operating assumption is fares will go up by a low double-digit percentage again through the summer of 24 to be the third year in a row, third summer in a row, we'll see double-digit fare increases in Europe. This is the first year, that, the first time that you're initiating a dividend. Yep. It's a 400-pound dividend. It is the first time. Does this mean that you have nothing else to do with that money? Essentially, yes. You know, we, I mean, it's not the first time we've done it. We've done special dividends and share buybacks. We've done about seven billion in share buybacks and special dividends. But you know, we're clearly generating a lot of cash at the moment. We've paid down about two billion in debt. We're down to our last two billion in bond debt. We'll pay that down over the next three years, and we're generating more cash that we know what to do with. We have specific requirements. Firstly, was to uh, do pay increases for our people who worked with us during COVID. Secondly, was to pay down the bonds, and thirdly, is to fund uh, aircraft deliveries. But we're running out of the existing order. We take the last aircraft in December 2024. The first of the MAX 10s doesn't arrive till January 27. So we're looking into two or three years where we have effectively very little uses for cash. And I think it's a commitment on our part. We'll return to shareholders. We won't uh, squander it the way many other airlines do in M&A or buying hotels or whatever, or as Delta would do, giving monstrous pay increases to its pilots over the next four or five years. Uh, we need to keep our costs low, keep our efficiency high, and keep passing on 
on unbeatable air first to our customers. Do you think shareholders then can expect more of the same over the next few years? I think so. As long as trading continues, you know, who knows what's going to happen in Ukraine or in the Middle East. But as long as we get a reasonable wind on uh, trading, then I think we will continue to be very cash generative and we will return large amounts of cash to shareholders. It's hard to know what is going to happen in Ukraine, in the Middle East. I don't expect you to give us a projection. I do want to understand, though, are you seeing things slow down in any way, shape or form when you start to see these things escalate? Anything at all? No, I mean, well, we saw the initial, I mean, when Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022, or two or three, I can't remember, you know, there was a, a sudden downturn in all of our traffic into Poland, Romania, those countries. It recovered after two or three weeks. We've had to suspend, we're suspending all flights. We've about 30 flights a day into Tel Aviv. Uh, they've been suspended until Christmas. Uh, so we do want to see those, uh, those uh, scenarios resolve themselves. But the ultimate underlying trend across Europe, we've locked up everybody for two years in COVID. They all want to go back traveling. Families want to go on holidays. We've just completed the October midterm break. We were still full. Um, and I think what people want is to travel more, but there's only 90% of the pre-COVID capacity. So in Europe, you've constrained capacity enormous demand and that is resulting in very strong pricing not just for Ryanair but for all of the airlines. Are you noticing any trade down? I hate to describe it as trade down from BA to, to Ryanair but are you noticing anything like that? Not at the moment okay. um, but you know I think it's inevitable if the next year or two if consumers are under pressure I think you know you'll see the little and Aldi's of the supermarkets IKEA will do very well and Ryanair will do very well. So what about using some of the cash to make the experience nicer for people who might be frustrated? With at least it'd be impossible oh, to make the experience on Ryanair any nicer. <laughs> you know new aircraft okay. <laughs> On-time flights, the fewest cancellations of any airline in Europe. I, mean, I don't understand why people pay such ridiculous airfares for a horrendous experience on Lufthansa who lose your bag, miss your connection. On Ryanair, <laughs> it's efficient, it's cheap, it's on time, and it is beloved like a man that by 184 million people. Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, did, you? <laughs> did you lose luggage? I had to do on, I ran on a road show a year ago. I had to fly from Frankfurt to Zurich, which is only about a one and a half hour flight. Sure. Uh, they stung me for 900 euros uh, one way in economy, and I was sitting at the back in the middle seat in front of the toilet on an Edelweiss A320. I mean, 700 euros, I could fly all year round on Ryanair for 700 euros. Michael, it's good to see you. Thanks good for joining John, us. Lisa, thanks Fantastic. Thank you so Great to see you. Michael O'Leary there, the Ryanair CEO. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.